What's up, coaches? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sky Coach. Sky Coach is a proven sideline replay technology that will give you the advantage over opponents utilizing anything else. 24-7 support, a flexible network that works in any stadium and in any size crowd, and their most reliable, innovative software available. And also, again, as I've said, you get a butt shot with Sky Coach during the game that is second to none, and it comes in reliably every time uh, as soon as the play is over. To be the best, you must use the best. Don't let your team down by choosing something inferior. Sky Coach, the market leader in sideline replay. Visit them at myskycoach.com to learn even more. This episode of the podcast is also powerfully brought to you by Sideline Power. Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their programs to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of players and program development. From NFL-level coaching communications to cutting-edge video technology, Sideline Power encompasses a full array of products needed to unleash the full potential of any program. Throughout the expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every single program. Family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality, Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. You can visit them online at sidelinepower.com, by email at info at sidelinepower.com, or just give them a call, 800-496-4290. And last, but again, certainly never least, uh, this episode is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents guaranteed. Visit Team Attack Academy at teamattackacademy.com. And that's going to do it for the reads today. Today's episode of the podcast is a little bit different. It's actually an RTP um, and AFCA Inside the Headset joint venture. Um, and that's again with American Football Coaches Association podcast, Inside the Headset. Inside the Headset features interviews by Coach Mario Price and Coach Mike Cross, and is produced by Alec Finch and Jerome Brown Jr. Listen as we talk with Inside the Headset about the creation of the RTP podcast, learning from so many great coaches through podcasting, and drawing up some plays on a whiteboard. You can follow Inside the Headset podcast at Inside the H-E-A-D-S-T. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, welcome back to another edition of Inside the Headset. We are excited tonight because we got some special guests with us. Uh, Excited, number one, because this is our first video podcast, um, so you guys get to see us finally. And uh, number two, we got two very special guests in Coach Brady Walls and Rowdy Harper from Run the Power with us tonight. How are you guys doing? I'm doing, doing awesome, well. man. We're happy to be here. This is going to be fun. 
Yeah, so let's let's go ahead and, and do this first uh, so our guys can kind of uh, – our listeners can understand who you guys are and, and what you guys are doing uh, since I referenced Run the Power there. But in case you guys aren't familiar, Run the Power is a, uh, another podcast that's out there. You guys just started this thing a couple months ago. Uh, and so let's uh, – I'll kick it over to Rowdy. Uh, Rowdy, why don't you kind of give us a little bit of your background and uh, then we'll kind of go to Brady and then we'll talk about Run the Power. Sure. So, um, like you said, Rowdy Harper, uh, I coach now at Broken Arrow High School, but I came up through Broken Arrow as well. That's where I, I went to school. And then was my dad was a uh, head football coach now and, and was an offensive line coach my whole life. So I grew up with the dad as a football coach and we rolled through it and um, learned a lot through that. Went to high school at Broken Arrow, like I said, in Oklahoma, then the University of Houston. Uh, played there for four, uh, five years. Redshirt my first year and started the next four. Got to play with a bunch of really good guys. Came out, got to got the um, unbelievable chance to come coach at my alma mater and with a coach that coached me. And then um, now we decided, me and Walls, well, he's my offensive coordinator at Broken Arrow. He went off uh, to Iowa. Um, now he's having a great time in Iowa. Uh, but uh, was at Broken Arrow, so that's kind of how we met. And then I see, I've seen all these coaches. They started doing a bunch of uh, blogs and different stuff like that. And I was never really good with writing, but I was like, Hey, I'll jump into this. I get really bored in the off season. Uh, start kind of losing my mind a little bit. So I'll jump into this. Started making a few articles. Walls was like, hey, that's awesome. I'm going to make some too. So we had two different websites. And then my aunt was like, hey, why don't you start a podcast? And I was like, it's not that easy. You can't just start a podcast. <laughs> and then um, and I it guess it is that easy. It is that easy. I tell everybody it's that yeah. easy. You just start a podcast. And, and so I got on it and I was like, who's the first person I want to talk ball with? Uh, Brady. All right, let's go with Brady. And so I call him up. We get done. We'd probably talk two hours or whatever it was that first time. And then he's texting me immediately. We hang up the phone. He's texting me immediately. This is awesome. We need to do this all the time. And I was like, heck yes, it is. This is the most fun in the off season. So he's like, well, let's just do it together. I was like, perfect. So we started rolling with that a little bit. I chipped in a little bit of money, you know, to have some storage on SoundCloud, but that's about it. Um, And then we said, hey, we've got these two different blogs or whatever. Let's move it into one. Uh, Brady can kind of tell you about the name. It was his, you know, brainchild of a name that he's used for a long time now. But uh, that's kind of how we started getting rolling. Uh, We're four months into it now. I think we're we just broke the fifty thousand downloads, so we're really excited about that. And um, we've had some really cool guests, and that's what we've said. We we try to make it like um, our favorite part in an off season is getting to sit around the office and and just talk ball with coaches, have college coaches come in, have our own staff in, and and just get to talk football. And so. That was kind of our goal when we get to talk to these guys and puts us in front of some big-time guys that we wouldn't normally get to talk to. They wouldn't normally take the time to talk, but we could get with Charles <laughs> Bentley. We can get Depressed Taylor, some of those yeah. guys that never could imagine you could talk to. But as soon as you say, hey, it's on a podcast, there's, there's some guys that are all for it. Um, even with some of the highest big-time high school coaches, they don't necessarily care to talk a whole lot. But as soon as you say, hey, let's go talk about you, they're all for it. So <laughs> gotten in front of a lot of people that we wouldn't normally. Yeah, that's it. I was going to say, that's kind of where we started, too. I mean, we were back in September, I think, when uh, we kind of kicked this thing off. And, and same type of scenario, right, just sitting around talking ball. And for us, Mario and I, like, it was September, you know, October, November. It was during the season. And uh, these these guys kind of got rolling. And, and I tried to jump into it uh, as soon as I could. And it's just, like you said, you're talking ball and you're talking to guys that, you know, have really good ideas. And I think for us, it was unique just uh, with the relationship we have with the AFCA and 
being able to to get guys that are on the board, you know, and those guys are always willing to, to talk with us. And, uh, you know, I think we did David Cutcliffe the other day and he's just like full of knowledge. Like we, we got off the phone with him and we were joking like that dude has forgotten more football. And we, <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. We, I'm like, this is unbelievable. So I think it kind of happened the same way for us, but Brady, why don't you go ahead and give us your background and, and then let's talk about the name and then we can talk about like throwing the quick game or something. That's what you guys talk about all the time. Right. Yeah. We, I was thinking, yeah, more, more, yeah, quick game and, and key screens, all that good stuff. Okay. Yeah, okay. that that was where it was. Run, run the RPO is what we we really went with, and somebody already had it. Um, <laughs> we uh, we went with run the power. I guess that was one of the things I kind of said when I when I got into coaching offensive line um, later on in my career. It, to me, it was just a mindset with our guys. Um, so it was just kind of a, a deal I've done on Twitter hashtag RTP. Uh, I know I, I'd mentioned Blake Smith a, a little bit before. Blake had kind of made some of my first t-shirts with, with the offensive line group. So it just kind of became a, a mantra for our guys. I mean, they were like, you know what, coach, I don't, you know, we don't have to call, screw it, run the power. You know, it's kind of one of those things that, that they just believed in and they, they got to. And I think it, it kind of, it brought me back to that when Harper had this idea and it's like, Hey, should we do a podcast? You know what, screw it, run the power, let's do it. So to me, it was kind of one of those things. It was a, a mentality for us. And obviously Coach Harper had never run the power before because he played at Houston. So I kind of felt like I had a little bit of a part in his coaching growth because I taught him a little bit of how to, to run the power. So to me, it kind of just it kind of just spoke a little bit about both of us. And plus, it's just a cool name. And Harper came up with, you know, the, the logo, Strong Power. So that was kind of the name. Uh, as far as me, I mean, we could spend an hour sitting here talking about all the places I've been. I've kind of bounced around everywhere. But uh, I, I did kind of get my, my real start in football, I think, down in Oklahoma, coaching at Jenks with, uh, with Alan Trimble and with uh, Dub Maddox. And then I had the opportunity to go with Dave Alexander to Broken Arrow, and that's kind of where I got to be an offensive coordinator, and that's where I ultimately met Coach Harper. But for me, my calling on this whole thing is, A, getting to know a lot more coaches, um, and then, B, being able to help a lot of coaches. I mean – to me, if, if I'm not being a mentor or, or paying it forward with a lot of these younger coaches, I'm not doing my, my job. So that's the fun part for me, working with kids and working with younger coaches. Well, yeah, that's definitely, I think, uh, why we were interested to talk with you guys, just because I think that's – you mentioned it right there at the end. That's kind of our mission, too, as the AFCA, right? Like, we're trying to help educate guys, give guys opportunities that they wouldn't normally have. And so uh, we're excited to have you guys on. And um, the one thing – I want to go back to uh, Rowdy. So you, you talked about playing at Houston, right? Uh, four years uh, there, 52 consecutive games. You also played four different positions, right? Right, yes. Okay, so. In the backup let's... center. I never got to play it. We had a good, he's a short guy. He's my best friend. So he's not that short, but he thinks he's 6'5", but I think he's 5'11". But um, he always played center because he was the shorter one. But uh, that was the backup center my senior year. So I had a couple snaps at center when he would go down or lose his helmet. But other than that, I played, yeah, I started all four other positions. So I guess the first first question I want to ask you is, how do you think that has helped shape your coaching philosophy as an offensive line coach now, just being able to relate to, you know, four out of the five positions? Sure. I don't, I don't know how much that's helped me. It, it's helped me a little bit, but I think what's helped me the most is see that there's not that much of a difference between guard and tackle at a bunch of stuff. Now you start getting into pass protection and, and some of that stuff and sets, maybe that's a little bit different, obviously, but 
a lot of times in the run game, you can use it a lot of it interchangeably. You know, when we're doing practice, we'll have a lot of times where guards and tackles need to work because we're going against a 4-3 defense or 4-2-5. And so guards and tackles are working together. And then I put the centers and tight ends together because there's going to be a nine technique. Tight end, pretend like the tackles, pretend like the center that you're working with is your tackle. Center, pretend like the tight end you're working with is your guard who has a three technique. So, so much ways to just interchange that so we can get a lot of work out of it. So I think we use that more than anything. Um, but I think the most I got out of football was we had four different offensive line coaches. So you have four different offensive line coaches. You really get to pick and choose. And there was two that I probably took the most of, but there's two that I took some from and, and saw what I definitely didn't want to do at times. I went five for five. So I got you beat on that one. I was <laughs> five years, five different O-line coaches. So did, did that help you out? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, same, that? yeah, same deal. Like you, you get five different experiences. Like <laughs> the downfall is you never get any of that continuity going, right? Like you're, right. you're always trying to learn something new, learn a little bit new terminology here and there, but uh, you get to like, for me, as I stepped into coaching, it was like, okay, now I can think back to five different guys uh, that I had relationships with. And it's like, I'm going to use this from this guy, this from that guy. I'm not going to use anything from this guy. Right? <laughs> that's right. And well, then, that's what, that's yeah. what with me, you know, I have coach, coach Shaw who was at Minnesota. And then uh, we had Lee Hayes who was at one time at Baylor and then went to tech, but I've morphed the, the personality of coach Hayes and the, some of the <laughs> technique of coach Shaw, put it together. And, yeah. and we I kind of roll with that and that's kind of how I teach it. But, I think it's just really nice to be able to do that. And then, like you said, there's some of the coaches I tried to do almost the opposite of what they did. But you touched on something. You talk about calls. We had the worst time with calls. There was one year we were uh, – our protection, we were sliding to the left. The very next year, our protection was sliding to the right. Um, when I got to Broken Arrow, uh, Walls had it uh, – what was it, like uh, scoop and slip on the backside. Well, when I was at Houston, there was three different times we sh we switched. Scoop was guard tackle, slip was oh. center guard. Oh, next wow. year it was next year it was the opposite, and then by my senior year it went back to the way it first was. So when I got to Broken Arrow, I said I can't remember ever which one <laughs> which. We're just going to call it something completely new. Yeah. No, I, I got I got lucky in that regard because like my first three years were with uh, Coach uh, Denver Johnson who's obviously an offensive line guy. And so when uh, I know Walls is giving the thumbs up, he knows, he knows Denver, you yeah. work for him uh, for a oh, couple years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he was my head guy. And, you know, he would – we'd bring new coaches in, and he would just be like, hey, this is how we're doing it. And so that may have contributed to the fact that those guys up and left, you know, after a year or two. I have no idea. But uh, back then I didn't know any different. Uh, but – so there was a little bit of continuity there between uh, just like the calls, but you still got to build that relationship, which is, which is tough, uh, sure. you know, over, over just that short amount of time. So linebacker shall always overrun. That's, that's uh wall's favorite Denver <laughs> quote. I've got I used to have, dude, I used to have a whole book of his, his quotes, like in a notebook and I lost that notebook. That's still one of the biggest regrets I have in my life. I <laughs> He's mean, He's got a lot of good one-liners. Um, oh my! Oh my goodness! Some of the some of the best ones ever. Line coach. The best ones have some great one-liners. Well, and I think that's another unique thing about this uh, deal that you guys have started with with Run the Power is you both you both have coached multiple positions, uh, you know, on the field, right? And so uh, I know you, Brady, especially have been all over the place, uh, offensively and defensively, and uh, you know, but you kind of both have you know grounded roots in offensive line play. And um, so that I think what, how has that kind of helped shape the way this, this whole thing kicked off and, and started? 
I think, I mean, number one, I think if you're going to be uh, the kind of coordinator or head coach that you want to be, you, you got to be able to speak the language of the big guys. Um, I think you got to understand the, the play of both lines, but to be perfectly honest, because again, games are going to be won or lost there. And I think it, it carries a lot of credibility with those kids um, if, if you can coach those things. But as far as the podcast being concerned, I mean, honestly, we didn't think there was one out there. <laughs> you know, no, no one wanted to talk about offensive line play. And I know the guys have kind of said that Charles Bentley's kind of brought back a, a renaissance of that stuff. I truly believe it. You know, offensive line guys are athletes. Um, and then, honestly, I think the fraternity of offensive line coaches is second to none. I mean, those are the guys that give you the shirt off their back. They let you stay in their house if you were on the road recruiting. Um, those guys are just some of the most giving, nice, selfless people that you find. And those are the kind of guys that we generally love talking to. They're the, the salt of the earth people. And I think Coach Harper would agree with me. Yeah, it's something that we've talked about a lot of times is that, like, for whatever reason, if you were to ever meet an offensive lineman and you were an offensive line coach or an offensive line player at one time, for some reason, you're just going to mix with those guys and almost – 90% of the time, you're going to be good friends with those guys from day one, uh, right. even if you didn't know they're offensive line guys. I mean, it's just something about the personality of those guys that, that when you meet someone else like that, it's, it clicks pretty easily. And, and that's what has been the fun part of it. And we both do know offensive line. And obviously, uh, as, as Brady uh, nicely put, I don't know – I didn't know anything about running power. at, at <laughs> So, all of my – you know, I think we go to Broken Arrow when we're 21, 22, 12, uh, and – and, you know, Coach Alexander, who's a 10-year NFL veteran and knows everything about every run scheme there is, is saying, uh, you know, well, what you guys listen for as far as formations and different stuff? I was like, I was like Coach A, we, we didn't have formations. I don't know. The receivers get lined up. We always had only five on the line of scrimmage. <laughs> uh, we just see what front they were in. So, right. um, all that was just way different. So, I obviously – I say that just to say I really cut my teeth with everything I learned as far as gap scheme uh from from walls and from coach alexander and so it's been cool because we are kind of on the same page we get to talk like that and and we've had a lot of time where as a young coach all i wanted to do was be you know the best obviously everyone wants to be the best so that's what i wanted so i would um you know obviously go into uh the off season and when all the other coaches would leave brady didn't have his wife wasn't there she was in uh she was in iowa and so he didn't have much to do he'd be staying up everyone else would leave and so yeah. I'd just hang out until he'd, he'd finally talk to me. So it, was, it, it was hilarious because early, early on, I, I didn't know Harper at all. I knew he was going to be good because he was always there and he, lo he loved to work hard, but he'd just kind of be sitting off to the side and you kind of tell you almost kind of getting like the rock going. You kind of just be sitting there and you'd be like, hey, Harper, you want to talk some ball? Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, I had a few of these questions and you know, I've got like a list of questions right there and he wants to just start drawing them up. It's like, all right, man, let's go. What do you want to talk about first? So that. That always, I just love to, I mean, again, you talk about our podcast. It, it always brings me back to those early days yeah. where it was me, Harp, Dave, just sitting in the office, shooting the bull, getting up on the whiteboard, you know, te teaching the basics of offensive line, teaching the basics of schemes. And then not only that, I mean, just getting to know each other. Yeah. And that, that's, that's kind of the vibe we try to have with our, our podcast. And a lot of guys have said that's kind of how they feel. Yeah. No and that's doubt. another thing with, a, with having a head coach that played in the NFL for 10 years and, and um, had his own offensive line at another big school and won state championship with him is, you know, when I came in and he hired me, he said, I, you know, this is going to be tough because it's kind of my baby. But I've got to say, <laughs> if anyone has that ability to get to go coach for somebody like that, take the chance. Do it right now because you can just learn uh, just an unbelievable amount uh, from those guys. And, 
and I can be, you know, I get first hour plan, so I'm up there and Coach A's in there drinking a coffee, and I can say, hey, Coach A, I saw something in the NFL yesterday and it looked like they were blocking it like this. How would you do it, or have you ever done it where we you split the three or whatever it is, and, and almost everything he's done or seen at one point. And so just unbelievable the things you can learn from that. So if you're willing to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and, and let those guys take charge, you know, in, in meetings at times uh, at your first year, and, and you've got – you can put your pride to the side and humble yourself, you can learn – uh, an unbelievable amount from those guys. And so I, I've got really lucky uh, with him and then also with Walls. Yeah. Well, Mario is obviously a little bit of the outlier here, right? Didn't, didn't Not a former <laughs> offensive lineman, hadn't coached the offensive line. But Mario played running back. And so obviously he's got a special relationship with the offensive just, line. I was going to say, they're the, they're the honorary offensive line <laughs> members in my book. Oh, yeah. yeah, so uh, I wanted to give Mario a chance. Just what does the offensive line mean to you? I mean, being – not necessarily in the room all the time, but obviously being associated and, and being involved with the offense as a whole, just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, that kind of what Brady was talking about with understanding line play and how that affects, you know, your offensive philosophy. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I, I think you have to, especially if you aspire to be a coordinator, you better have a strong understanding of the, of the run game and uh, the, the offensive line play in terms of how they block run schemes and how they're going to protect and, the crazy thing is, obviously, as long you know, I haven't been in business that long, but I've had the opportunity to meet a ton of coaches, and I met some co coordinators that just have no understanding of the offensive line game, and, and mm -hmm. I just don't know how to get it done. I've been a former running back, uh, and, and I played for Lee Hayes my senior year at Baylor. There, uh, really, there yeah. you go. Yeah, so I mean, he, he's a he's a great dude. Enjoyed. I learned a lot of ball from. Sure. Uh, didn't run the ball a whole bunch. We no. Last, <laughs> last in the country in Russia in that year. And, uh, we, we they say he's calmed down. They say he's calmed down quite a bit. So that might make you feel better. He didn't with I'm, me, but apparently after me at Texas Tech, he, he calmed down a lot. I don't believe that one. <laughs> That's what I, I don't either. Yeah, but uh, no, he, he was awesome. He, he was he actually got me really into um, into the, the kind of air raid uh, you know version that he ran. And um, but but anyways, and, and actually, just in terms of offensive line, I learned a lot at that point in time because that scheme in terms of blocking was very very easy, and so uh, you know, that's when I really began to understand it from a running back standpoint. And then I've always just just just, just take taking great value, and even if I coach receivers, I want to know how they were going to block the power versus uh, you know four eyes on a hard front or something like that. I wanted to know exactly how everything was going because I, like I said, I wanted to aspire to be a coordinator at some point in time, and um, I, I just knew how vital that was, and and the struggles that come when you don't necessarily understand that because you end up leaning very heavily on your offensive line coach, which is not a problem, but at the same time, you you got to know what's going on in that box as a coordinator. Well, and you mentioned, too, you've worked for guys that, you know, don't know anything about offensive line play. But then we also – we worked uh, with a guy who was a former O-line coach and then a coordinator in Steve Farmer. And I think for me personally, I mean, I played for him for – he was one of my five that I played for. And then <laughs> had the opportunity to, to GA for him and uh, work with him for a couple of years. And just, you know, his ability to – be a coordinator while coaching the offensive line was incredible to me because there's so much that you have to do uh, as a line coach right and then all of a sudden you add on the responsibility of being a coordinator on top of that it's unbelievable and I, I have utmost respect for guys who are able to do that because you're coaching five guys on the field plus you're coaching the other six because you're the coordinator too and so uh, I think we I, personally I learned a lot from him just uh, how to balance that and, and be successful. Well, you talk a little bit about, you know, the, the guys that don't know anything about offensive line, which to me, it, it's fine at first. If you're a young coach, you don't know anything about offensive line, and I've been around two different 
types of guys. I've been around the, the wide receiver skill guys that could care less. They don't care. Right. I know we're doing something with the run game, whatever. You guys figure it out. And then I've been with the ones that, you know, truly want to know. They, they keep me after, after practice or whatever and say in the offseason, hey, why do you block power like this? Why do you guys on pin and pull against this and this and this? You know, if they don't know it now, they want to know it. And I think that's a, a big point is just guys that want to know it. And, right. again, it comes back to, I think, being humble, humbled enough to know they don't know, but they need to know it instead of just saying, I don't know, you guys just get it blocked. Those guys just – they don't seem to have the best answers, in my opinion. And so it's nice when, when you got a guy that truly – cares and wants to know more football there, there's no doubt uh, my last year coaching uh coaching ball was uh, two years ago I was at Davidson College in the office line coach he was the coordinator uh the year after I left but uh Matt Applebaum he's currently at Townsend I think coaching O-line and uh man I tell you what me and him would uh, kind of after everything was done or if we ran to go grab lunch we'd just sit down and I school him up on the pass game and you know what what what, what steps I was teaching the back and he would school me up on know how we were going to protect versus this front or this that or the other and uh man it, it, it was it was awesome because it was a guy that was hungry to get outside the offensive line I was hungry to get inside the offensive line and I mean it, it was no surprise when they announced him the coordinator the next year because he, he kind of knew what everybody was doing I felt like I was starting to starting to get it at the same point that's just you know, like you said you got to always be willing to grow in this business and it's the ones that uh you know, at some point in time, they think they know it all or they, right. they don't want to know a certain section of them. Those are the ones that are going to end up getting stunted a little bit in their growth. Well, that's what I was saying. Even opposite, I think, of, of uh, skill guys knowing the offensive line. I think if you're going to be an offensive line coordinator, you got to know even what the quarterback's supposed to be doing Absolutely. because right. I've yeah. seen some really good coaches say, oh, power's not working because the quarterback's pushing the running back off, off of his line. Right. And something that you're not normally used to, which is a lot of stuff that I got to get better at being a young coach. But, you know, those little things or, or maybe the, the pause step by the running back or, or whatever it is, little things that you don't normally see that or uh, I was at Houston one year and we decided to do the backpedal um, backpedal pass sets. But we had a quarterback that wasn't being taught <laughs> to take his whatever five drops even out of the yeah. gun. And so right. now nothing, now everything's in his face and you're getting bull rushed. And so protection wasn't good that year. And, and it was because quarterback coach and the line coach didn't see it together and get the quarterbacks taking the drops uh, that they should for that pass protection. So the really good ones understand, like you said, coach, they understand just so much of the game. Right. Well, and I was going to say too, like, it's hard, like in the heat of things, right. To like, you're an O line coach or whatever, and you're like, I'm worried about blocking this three technique, right? Like this three technique is blowing us up in power. Like I could, I don't want to worry about what the running back's doing or the quarterback's footwork, right? That's but right. I think the, the point you touched on there is like being willing to learn in those times when it's not like the heat of the moment, right? The off season, uh, you know, Sunday when you're watching film of the game, right? Like, hey, why are we doing this? Why is this guy taking this step? And trying to understand everything as a whole. And I think that's what you guys do a great job of, uh, with the podcast and the and the blog and all that stuff is just putting information out there for coaches who are who want to learn and that's I think the guys that have been in the profession for a long time those are the successful ones the guys who are willing to learn and want to learn more and more and more there's no doubt and that's what like um you know uh, hopefully walls will touch on a little bit more but um you know we get messages as I'm sure you guys do all the time just asking questions I had one just today a, a direct message on Twitter and a guy said I'm a sophomore in college and I want to become a, a coach and I can't wait to in two years when I graduate, but what should I be doing right now? And so that's the cool thing that you get to see these, these kids or even some of these older guys that 
it's probably more impressive with some of the older coaches because they're willing to get out of their bubble a little bit and, and learn. And so I've gotten a lot of those messages. Now, I think Walls can speak on it. I think he's gotten a lot more than I have. But it's been cool from some of the older coaches asking me because I've got some of the, you know, newer stuff or whatever you want to want to call it. So, you know, those guys that are still, again, humble enough that have won state championships but want to know, hey, what, what are you guys doing here? Take it or leave it. You know, maybe they don't like it, but they're at least trying to figure that out. Yeah. I like the aspect. I mean, we we have enough connections where we get to go to some really cool places. Um, <clears throat> not a lot of people got to go in-depth at University of Nebraska this year. I mean, I'm sure everybody was asking Scott Frost and all those guys to get access to the program. Well, I'm lucky enough to work with a guy that actually coached with him at, at Northern Iowa. So we got in there. Um, I think being able to bring those tidbits to coaches that don't have that access, you know, me. Yeah. I got buddies that coach in Alaska. It's going to be hard for them to, to go, go to a place and learn some of these things. So I think, you know, Harper having these ideas, being able to, to videotape, video podcast, talk about these things, share some of the information, obviously not the innermost secrets, but at least letting these guys know, hey, maybe there's a better way for you guys to be doing this. Maybe there's a better way, better way for you guys to learn other than just going to a Glacier Clinic. Or, or going to, to one clinic, you know, and that's no knock on Glacier. I just think, you know, you can get a little bit more in-depth information going to some of these places. And that's the kind of questions that these guys really ask because they're like, man, I don't have that opportunity. Can you right. shed some light on this? Can you shed some light on that? And we try to do the best uh, best job that we can with that. Yeah. And inside the headset, well, we, you know, kind of, kind of hearing you say that, it, I think it's awesome that, you know, you're willing to, like you said, pay it forward to, to these guys that want to learn and, and, and utilizing your access, um, you know, to help these coaches grow and, and inside the headset. we It's not always X and O's with us. Obviously, right. if, you, if you listen to the podcast, you kind of know it. I mean, we're, we're going to talk to yeah. – uh, we did a podcast here the other night. It'll, it'll come out probably in June or something like that. Uh, you know, we did it with a coach's wife. You know, we're, we're hitting all these different aspects. And, and shoot, Coach Walls, I'm sure you – you probably could be a feature on that podcast as much as you move around and some of the things that you deal with Whoa. in your relationship. It's just so many pieces that makes a great coach, yeah. you know, even past the X's and O's, even past, you know, uh, you know, some of the stuff that, that yeah. happens at the office, yeah. man. So we try to hit all that stuff and it's, it's awesome that you guys are willing to pour into other coaches though. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. Just the, you know, when you, especially when you start talking like philosophy, right. And, uh, just coaching ideas and how do you connect with your kids and those type of things like those guys out there everybody's willing to share that stuff right and and you really try to nail down yeah. uh, with some of the the guys who have had success and some of the relationships you've been able to build and so like you know firsthand like I know that coach David Cutcliffe has a ton of knowledge that we need to try to get from him you know and so we try to you know do that and, and talk with those coaches and that's the one thing we found is just being able to you know not necessarily talk specific x's and o's all the time like you said like getting down into like the trade secrets and uh, giving too much information away uh, I don't ever think that really comes up but then especially when you start talking like philosophy and stuff like that those guys are like oh we'll tell you all kinds of stuff that honestly the my favorite interview we've done so far has been with coach Bronco Mendenhall because that guy has he he knows so much stuff about philosophy and how to connect with his players and coaches and and I don't think a lot of people know a lot about Coach Mendenhall. Like he's kind of flown under the radar a little bit in terms of being at BYU for so long and now being at Virginia. There's not it's not like you can just Google 
you know, Bronco Mendenhall and find a million videos of him. And uh, well, the internet internet's like illegal in Provo or something, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, they, they probably don't spend a lot of time on the internet in Provo. Um, but no, they just, just like he was awesome, and he just shared all this great knowledge. He's very well read. He's very well spoken, and it's like we got done talking to him. I was like, coach, like we're gonna have to call you again in a couple months. Like, cause there's so many things we didn't, we didn't talk about. Like he, he surfs, he rides a motorcycle to work on the week. Like he just all kinds of cool stuff. And it's just, those are the kind of things that I think we're, we're, we've been able to kind of touch on with inside the headset that we find really, really unique. And hopefully our listeners like that stuff too. Sounds like Dos has got the wrong guy. There's yeah. no, there, there's there, no doubt. There's no doubt. that. <laughs> I mean, most people would probably think it'd be like a Mike Leash or uh, you know uh, Gundy or something like that. Man, it is Bronco Mendenhall. He is he's he's a different character, man. Man, that yeah, going that, to going, we get to play at BYU one year, and it's a different place. You oh, go really? up there, and, and everyone's shaking your. You know, they've got I, I don't know uh, I don't know what they're called, but a bunch of people, the married <laughs> couples, that are all outside uh, right at the gate, and as you come in, they're all shaking your hand. Good luck in the game today. Good, and then yep. coach and his wife are right there, and good luck in the game. Welcome to yeah. Provo. It's really, really weird. Really <laughs> weird coming from some of those stadiums you go you to. Go, you go into that locker room, the visiting locker room, and they give you a toiletry bag. Yeah. Of like, yeah. here's some, here's like some shampoo for after the game. And, <laughs> That's right. Uh, here's some, here's a bar of soap. And I took that because th- I've, I've uh, spent one year at Utah State, and we obviously we went down there and played. Uh, they play every year, but we we were at their place, and uh, I took that toiletry bag. I was like, this is awesome. There's like a little note in there, like, <laughs> thanks for coming today. Like, we appreciate it. Like, this is weird, but like, I'm gonna take this with me. Oh, because- uh, you were a take it with you guy. Oh, I would have. Yeah. I chastised all my all my teammates. took I took it and slammed it in the trash. Oh. Like, no, way. <laughs> I don't want to go out and yeah. buy those little travel sizes of all that stuff. Like that on the on the way to the uh, airport, yeah. I was like, man, I could really be using three deodorant right now. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't help us win. We lost. We lost the game, and now I don't have deodorant. Now I'm the idiot. <laughs> okay, so let me – Walls, I'm going to ask you this because you uh, obviously have coached uh, for, for a while now, and um, but you're currently coaching wide receivers. Is that right? I am. Okay, so yeah. talk a little bit about just, <laughs> you know, stepping away from the O-line because obviously as an O-line coach, you have a, a huge effect on the game, right? Because that's, mm-hmm. you're coaching five dudes uh, that can have a really big outcome on every single play. I think I would argue outside of the quarterback – right? You probably have the most effect uh, on the game uh, itself. And so stepping away from that and coaching the wider series, how, how were you able to make that transition uh, work for you? Well, I done it. I did it in 2013. I coached the Atlanta Jinx. We won the state title, went undefeated. And then I did it my first year at Broken Arrow in 2014. And then 2015, I kind of had to step away from the O-line because we lost a couple of our skill coaches. So I went to quarterbacks after that. And then Harper took over coaching the offensive line. So honestly, I kind of had a taste of it before that. Um, Stepping away from the offensive line, I I think it really helps you because it gives you a little bit more of that perspective to teach some of the unselfishness to the wideouts. Honestly, some of the first stories I tell my wide receivers is, when, when you guys are selfish and you guys are about yourself and you guys are in the huddle complaining about not getting the ball, those guys hate you. And I'm not like, they not, not, it's not that they don't like you. They hate you. All right. And they talk bad about you. And I said, it creates a, an instant division on the team. So right. I, I've always tried to kind of tell Harper too. And I tell a lot of people like this, if you get, if you get those guys to buy in and not be 
me guys and not be cancerous guys, all of a sudden I see your offense just taking off. And it's the same thing on your team. Or now as now at least, you know, offensive linemen can notice it like, wow, that guy blocks downfield. I like that guy. Or man, that guy blocks safeties. Our powers look a lot better when the wide receiver blocks safeties. So I think bringing, bringing that, that mentality to those guys and then just letting them know that, Hey, there's, there's plenty of guys on this team that, that are unselfish. You need to be that way. All right. You're dependent upon 10 other guys to get you the football. You know, I, I think just, just being able to step away and do that. Now, Coaching, coaching the prima donnas and coaching the, the, the skinny guys and the guys that wear the, the flashy stuff, it's hard. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you try not to squelch all that because I think you, you still got to have confident guys and you got to have happy guys. But being able to set that tone from having an offensive line background and a coordinator background, I think really, really helps yeah. when dealing with those guys. And it's, it's fun. I, I, I coached wide receivers for uh, about six years of my career. And, you know, Mike mentioned we worked with a guy, Coach Farmer, and he was an awesome mm-hmm. guy. I looked up to him as a kind of a mentor. And I mentioned Coach Applebaum's offensive line coach at another place I was at. And those guys could, man, give some tough love to those offensive line. Uh, you get out on their practice field. And, 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 and every line I've ever seen has kind of been coached with that, with that tough love mentality. Like they take care of them in the, in the uh, meeting room and, you know, give them treats and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time on the field, it's, it's, it's tough love. And, yep. uh, you know, coaching the wide receivers, that was the one thing. You had your two guys or three guys maybe you can kind of be rough on just depending on their coaching, uh, you know, how they take coaching. But mm-hmm. it is different. I mean, you have you have to be delicate with those guys, man, because you jump on them too hard, they'll shut it down. Jump on them too hard, they'll all of a sudden start dropping balls or all that kind of stuff. And and so yeah. it, it is unique. And I, I can't even imagine. Like, I coach receivers long enough to where I do know those personalities pretty well. Um, yeah. I can't even imagine coming from that tough love world that you guys <laughs> and then, you know, trying to soften it up just a little bit. It, it's, it's all fun. I mean, I think, I think once, you know, you, you build that relationship with them, like any other, other position, you know, I think right. once they know you have their best interest at heart and you know that you're going to make them be good. I mean, that, that's where I always try to start with any kid. Like, Hey, at the end of the day, you want to be good, don't you? Yeah, I want to be good. I want to look good on film. I want people to know my name. I want my my parents to see me, you know, be successful. I think once I tell them, hey, that's what I want. If you're successful, I'm successful. I want you to to, right. to look really, really good. And once you get that relationship with them, it makes those things really, really easy. And then they know when I jump on jump on them, they did something wrong, right. <laughs> you know. And then, but then the times when they do something really, really well, I'm the first guy there congratulating them, and I'm yeah. jumping up and I'm hip bumping. I mean, I think that's where a lot of coaches miss the boat. It's like, Hey, great 80 yard touchdown, but you should have turned outside. You know, you should have, you should have maybe tucked that ball a little bit better. It's like, dude, you just had a stiff arm hurdle. The guy went 80. I'm going to get jacked up. I'm not going to critique <laughs> right. you on that. You know, I, no that one just bothers me a lot. Like a guy yeah. pancakes, a guy, or you kill a guy in a double team. Yeah. But you guys didn't get the linebacker. Like, okay. Coach, whatever. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. <laughs> yeah. get, jacked up, get jacked up with your kids, man. That's why yeah, we absolutely. played the game. It's okay. Absolutely. You can you can kind of live vicariously through them on some of those situations. I, I'll never forget my f- second year coaching. Uh, yeah, it was my second year. We were playing Illinois Wesleyan late in the year. I was at North Central College, and we had uh, we had put in like a different version of trap that week. We were a big trap team. Love love trap. Are we sponsored by Monster Energy too? We're, we're trying. We're, we're trying to get there. Okay. Nope. Um, there you go. <laughs> so so he, we were a big trap team, and I loved running it. We ran it to the three, to the five, every which way. And we put in a new version against the look they had shown us. And 
I remember the the second play of the game, we spring like a forty yard touchdown, right? And it's just to the house. And I'm jacked <laughs> up. Like I'm like you said, like hip bumping guys, you know, it's great. We come off to the sideline, we're like, okay, seven nothing, right? Let's compose ourselves here a little bit because uh, that was a big game for us. And we go back out there and we call the play again. They show the same look. And it was like the fourth play of the game. We sprung like a 70-yard run for a, for a touchdown. And I never, like I was – it was coming right in front of me on the sideline. I, I still got the video of it. But I'm just like on the sideline, <laughs> go sprinting next to the running back, like fist pumping in the air. And I actually – this is funny. Like a week ago, I get a text message from one of my kids that is now coaching the offensive line at North Central College who played for me that year. And he sends me that video clip. He was watching like old tape. And he's like, do you remember this? I was like, I will never forget that. Like, that was yeah. awesome. And it was just like one of those moments where we'd put in all that work that week and uh, all of a sudden, like, yeah, I'm going to get excited on a 70-yard touchdown run. Who doesn't get excited on 70-yard touchdown runs, especially when it's trap? Like, yeah, that's right. yeah. to go for 70. So, uh, I, I totally, like, just hearing you guys talk about, like, the fact that, you know, that's important is, is I think a lot of coaches out there need to understand that, you know, get excited with your kids. Like it's, you know, they, they feed off of that energy. There's think, yeah. Yeah. No, I say it's, I believe, I believe 150% of what you just said. I mean, it, it, it just gets old. If, it, if a kid just thinks you're a robot when all you do is just constantly critique, 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 yeah. teach, teach, critique, show them the human side, have some fun with them. Well, that's the other big one I think in film too is, is uh, and Walls has touched on that, it's, it's having that balance of how much do you try to make a, a kid better, you know, and, and how much do you let some of it be wrong until he's got the other stuff fixed. Like if you're working on your second step and you've harped on it, you know, whatever, three days in a row, fourth day you see a, a play and he's got a great second step but his hand's out of place. Do you go, that's exactly what I wanted on the second step and end it? Or do you say, hey, good second step, but also your hand's not in the right position. You know, it's finding that good balance of let's just be excited that he got this done. Let's wrap it to where it's it's perfect. Now, okay, now we're, we're done with this. Now what's the next important thing? And that's kind of what's difficult at times is finding maybe a kid's got 12 different things that he's not very good at because he's a high school sophomore. What's yeah. the one, maybe two things that he needs to get better at? Okay, let's, let's not care that everything else is awful. Let's get really good at these two, or at least decent. Now let's find another one or two things, you know, and start harping on that and not get so caught up with the kid doing 12 things wrong. Let's find one thing. Then when he gets it right, let's celebrate it. Let's let him be good at it for a few days or weeks and then move him on to the next point. And it's always a tough a balancing act, I think, because as a coach, you always want to see the perfection, especially in practice, right? Yeah. But as, uh, as one of my coaches said uh, from Minnesota, he said, if, you know, you, you get what you – you emphasize, you emphasize too much, you get nothing. So there's always a balance in that, and that's what I try to do. And something that I learned from Walls as well is, is being able to prioritize and then stay with those priorities. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do this. I know we've been, we've been going for a little bit here. You guys are used to going for like four hours, so we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna keep you a little bit shorter uh, tonight because our, our our inside the headset podcast tends to uh, run a little bit little bit shorter. So, uh, but. Mario drew up uh, a play for me today, uh, a version of power that was pretty sweet. And I, we, I got to take advantage of that whiteboard back there. So Mario, would you, would you want to draw that up real quick so we can look at it? Uh, the version of power or, or the, yeah, yeah. well, I guess we changed, we, we changed it to, to uh, zone, didn't we? Let's draw up the zone version. Oh. I, I know. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> 
you know, Mario and I, we're going to start a, uh, a RPO podcast where we talk power and pass games. So, uh, but while he's drawing this up, because I think this is a really cool play, um, I want to ask you, Walls, you're a big uh, extreme ownership guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big, big Jocko fan. And, and myself and our executive producer, uh, Alec uh, Finch here, is a huge uh, uh, Jocko fan. And so I want to ask you, extreme ownership how do you how do you what does that mean to you and then how do you imply that as a as a football coach well first things first jacko turned down doing run the power podcast so we we're disappointed about that <laughs> we, we knew it was a pipe dream to begin with he's only got one of the top five podcasts in the world so yeah hey shoot or but, shoot, hey Walt. shoot or shoot baby that's the, one of the our, fact our other that, the fact that you got him to respond is is great so we're we're still alec and i are working on trying to get him to speak at the convention this year so which i think is a fantastic idea but we're not way. promising anything hopefully he hears this and this will this will speak spark his interest <laughs> that'd be if you guys get that done i will be there um but as far as extreme ownership i mean it to me that the whole first chapter of that book is really all you need to know i mean the rest of it's fantastic but if you're able to just take ownership or take the blame or take the rap for anything that happens and you're able to put your ego aside so when the offense isn't performing the way that it should be it's my fault and I can't blame anybody else. I shouldn't point the finger, point the thumb right here at me. I need to get this fixed. And all of a sudden, that trickles down to everyone within that organization. So if I would say that in a staff meeting, Coach Harper would sit there and he'd be like, you know what, that's cool that Coach Wall said that, but that's BS because you know what, my offensive line needs to play better, right? And the other guys in there would be saying the same thing, and they all kind of just begin to, to, to take, take ownership of their small piece of that puzzle. So to me, I think when you're the leader and you set that tone and the kids hear that, all of a sudden they, do, they say the same thing. No, coach, I missed my block on that play. So I just think you being able to admit, put your ego aside and say, you know what, when things aren't going well, it's my fault. When things are going well, you guys are all doing a great job. To me, that's just the whole gist of it. Well, I think the key there too is it has to be genuine, and that's that's mm-hmm. the thing that you know I, th- I see a lot of a lot of people will will talk about extreme ownership. They'll they'll tweet about it. The, you know all that stuff. It's it's great <laughs> concept, right? Until it becomes hard to do, right? And it's it's a real world situation, and you're sitting in that staff meeting, and it is your responsibility, and you have to raise your hand and say it's on me. But at the same time, like you can't. You know, you can't be the guy that's sitting there going, yeah, you know, it's my fault. Like, I should do a better job of getting you guys prepared because, you know, it's on me. Like, it's my my job to do that, right? Obviously, that does not work. Everybody sees right through that. So, I think everything you said is right. But I, think I want people to understand that you have to be genuine when you when you do that. Yeah. It's, and it's that whole thing. I mean, I try to say, okay, so, guys, it's my bad. We're not doing this. We're not doing this correctly. Here's how we, we are going to fix it. Right. Yep. So having that solution right away instead of saying all this, blah, 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 and then I use the word but. Yeah. So you say the word but, you just erased everything you just said. Right. You know, hey, I take ownership of this, but you guys, this, the, instantly it goes into your, your next mode of, of blame and complain. So. It's my fault because I didn't get you guys ready. Right? <laughs> I didn't, it's my fault because I, I didn't prepare you uh, to, to do the, this. That's, the sarcastic that's, ownership. That is, that is sarcastic <laughs> ownership, which you could probably write a book on sarcastic ownership, uh, <laughs> but it wouldn't. <laughs> you know, so. I don't know who'd buy it, but I'd write it. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> All right, so let's Mario. Let's let's talk a little bit about this this play. I know you guys are are going to cringe a little bit because this has got an RPO aspect to it, but um, Dude, I'm I'm about it. I'm yeah, about yeah. it. So let's Football's evolving. <laughs> let, let, let me preface this just a little bit, man. I am I've been a guy since I was probably in high school that that always drew plays. Um, always been that guy sitting meetings. Mike can attest. I will. I will vouch for him. We I'm, sit in these staff meetings here at the AFCA, and I look over, and Mario's drawing up ball plays, and I'm like, "When are you, when are you going to use that?" And he's like, "I'm not going to, but I'm drawing it." He's so. got, he's yeah, got but, a stack. He's got a stack of napkins every time. Yeah, no doubt. And, yeah, yeah. and honestly, man, I've, I've, I've taking the time out of coaching. Uh, I miss it like crazy. Yeah, I tell every somebody that every day. But uh, I'm taking the time out to to just watch a lot of film, watch a lot of people play ball, do a lot, you know, do some things like that, and. Uh, Man, I, I've been falling in love with some stuff. I, I kind of grew up under this tree with Coach Barry, who's our executive director here. Um, fell in love with Empty. Um, we kind of were the pioneers, per se, of, of, of two-quarterback system. Um, you know, we, we, we did that, and it wasn't a wrinkle. It wasn't a special play. It was, it was part of our offense. We called it, you know, often. And so I tend to think outside the box just a little bit with some stuff. But uh, here lately I've been falling in love with, with – a new formation which is not empty which is very surprising if you saw any of my drawings um but, but getting into <laughs> some two back with shotgun and um I, I really fell in love with with um taking taking your ex and, and putting them over and creating some unbalanced formations mm-hmm. and in this particular deal i kind of fell in love with this because you got your best of both worlds you got your best of all worlds because you got two backs where you know where, where they're running the ball to right now um you know what i'm saying and then you got your tight end Attach, which which is always good. Like you said, I know you're a run the power guy, so you got an opportunity to run the power there if you want to. And you got your two receivers who are both eligible, and and you, and you can always add some RPO. So this little thing I was I was messing with here, I was basically saying, you know, you run uh, a lot of people call it bash, um, yep. you know, run outside zone to the front side, read the backside in, the quarterback can run the outside zone to the front side. Um, and allowing the two backs to run option off of, and I saw Baylor do this in probably 2011 versus Washington in the uh, in the, in a bowl game, and I thought it was yep. pretty cool. So I'd always kind of would draw it up, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. And I said, "Hey, what else could I do with this?" Well, after he gets done reading with that, he can throw an RPO. Well, what if they start covering RPO? Well, then he can go run the outside zone. So I was just uh, messing around with that, and I showed Mike, and he he, he started chuckling. We started having some fun with the formation a little. Yeah, bit. the the original version he showed me actually had power drawn up to it, and I yeah. and I said I said, well, how are you going to read the backside in? Because on power, like your backside tackles, you're going to usually like funnel hinge, right, and mm-hmm. uh, try to protect the backside. And I was like, well, let's just run outside zone. <laughs> now you can read the backside in and pitch off the corner. So. Uh, I I took the power aspect out of this one, but uh, that was my <laughs> way to go. Way to go across. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, yeah so, um, I, no, I, I like it. I mean, honestly, you, you you've seen some of the stuff, and it's it's something that we kind of jacked a little bit from UCF. I, I like the action you got there when you're running. It's it's triple, right? Basically, yeah. You run, or, or I should say, probably speed option. Yeah, more. This is a so, more speed option. So uh, if I'm handing off, I'm running speed option to the boundary, and then. Right. Another way you could block it, which, which is what Nebraska and UCF are doing, is they're just running sprint out protection to the right side. Okay. So, so if the quarterback if the quarterback doesn't give it, he's running sprint out, and you're running whatever concept you want to the field. Yeah. So wow. basically, you're running. It's either going to be speed option to the left, or it's going to be sprint out to the right. Right. And they actually mur- murdered some people with that in in actually two by two uh, spread looks. Uh, Auburn didn't have an answer for it. I was asking Coach Shenander. There, 
he's like, I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know what to tell my guys. Right. <laughs> so he says it really messes with a lot of their linebackers. And, uh, and here'd be the other thing I was thinking as soon as you're drawing it up to, what an awesome two-point play. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Being able to if, if, just kind of count numbers if, you, if you're going to overplay right. my, my receiver side. Okay, let's run speed yeah. option of the boundary. You can overplay my speed option. Cool, I have a, a sprint out. It kind of gives you the best of both worlds because yeah. both those plays are, are good in two-point two-point situations right. i like it man it's good stuff what yeah. hash you running this off of on the two-point play if it's me yeah if it's me i'd be running it on i'd say left middle right on the left right on the left goal post yeah <laughs> sure. that's what i was gonna say right there too that's a good call well we couldn't do a video podcast without drawing up at least one play um <laughs> even though it is not power uh, we had to we had to we had to draw one play up so um, well, let me let's close out here a little bit, and uh, let's give you guys a chance to talk uh, about where people can find Run the Power. I know you got some sponsors you need to you need to throw in there, um, and then we can we can kind of close it up with the inside the headset stuff. Perfect. Yeah, cool. you can find us on uh, runthepower.com. Uh, we got really creative with that name, so runthepower.com. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher and um, Google Play and, and anywhere you want to find a podcast, you can find it there. Um, SoundCloud's where we host it all, so you can find it all there. Um, we've also got the website, like we said. We You can buy some Run the Power shirts if, if you're feeling like it. Um, and, yep, uh, big thanks to our sponsors. Yeah, I need. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's nice. We got it. We got a couple different ones. Uh, we just, like I said, got the fifty thousand downloads, so we cut down the prices of it. And we've also got next week, um, which won't be next week when this is aired. But we we were having some sponsors. Um, Podcasting one on one. Don't date yourself. That's Come exactly on. right. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, we're as unprofessional as it gets. <laughs> um, but well, those are all cut down because of the fifty thousand downloads we have. So we're excited about that. And yeah, we have Team Attack Academy, which has been with us. Uh, forever you know a business we kind of got in and, and we love it we think it's a great it uh, does great for players and we use it with with my offensive line and it's been unbelievable coach Walls' whole team uses it we get them we've got sky coach um we've got power lift obviously we get jr conrad power lift uh just great dudes uh you know we talk to them all the time just even if i uh, don't don't let them know it but even if they weren't a sponsor they'd be someone we just want to be a part of those guys i mean they're just just good people it, it's unreal when you can get with good people um I'm glad we are getting paid for them to be our sponsor, uh, but, but they're, they're the real deal. We, we're going to be with them probably no matter what. Don't let that uh, slip out there. And then um, we've also got Sideline Power now. So uh, Sideline Power. And then uh, Audible, audible.com, which is rtpbook.com is the way we get money from it. But it's like uh, Netflix kind of for, for audio books. And yeah. if you enjoy podcasts, um, you, you know, I, I love podcasts. I listen to uh, the Joe Rogan podcast all the time. So I enjoy podcasts, and so I also enjoy audio books. It's easier than reading. Obviously, you're, yeah. you know, get, we're all coaches. You got no time to read, so it's it's been one of the most informative things, other than podcasts for me. Because uh, while I work out in the morning, you can listen to all that stuff. So, yeah. obviously, all that stuff. But but it's been great. We've had a lot of fun. Walls, give us your give us your Twitter handle and all that stuff. So when when guys got questions for you, they can. I know you're you're like a social media uh, celebrity, but uh, I, I, I don't know about that. I think so a lot of them a lot of them probably just get sick and tired of listening to me complain about the multiple sports debate and all that crap. You probably got a lot of you probably got a lot of bots that are following you. So it's. I think there's a lot of them. I I, I don't think I have that many fake followers, but we'll see. Um, Mine's uh, is, uh, at Coach Brady. I think you know, it's yeah, at Coach Brady Walls. 
would be my uh, Twitter handle. And then you can follow us at, at run the power makes it really easier. And I think it's for Harper. It's uh, at Harper underscore coach. Is that mm-hmm. right? Sure. So I think, I I think we'll, link, we'll, we'll, link all, yeah. we'll link to all that stuff. No, seriously. I mean, guys, guys, don't be, don't be scared to, to contact me. I get back to everybody. I'll message anybody. It doesn't matter. You know, I got guys asking questions all over the place. I'll do my best to give you an educated guess or at least a, google an answer for you <laughs> when when we started uh running down this road of doing this with you guys uh i think i i tw- uh, twitter messaged you and i pulled my my twitter messages up and the last one the last conversation we had had was like like two years ago and you were dming me about hey can you send me some film on like uh, yeah. i think it was like alabama's defense or something like that or yeah. something i was like uh, i think i was at ulm at the time so i was like yeah sure why not i got some of this stuff so well, it, it was bama's offense i remember it because i yeah, 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 still right. watch it yeah Har- harper and i were just talking about that i'm like yeah cross will be on he's like who's cross again i go always well, the old line ga who's got sent us the alabama film? oh yeah 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 that guy but i'm telling you right now you so you sent us that film i wanted to watch that because of, of their third down package that was always one of the things that i studied uh through and through but they had some some lane kiffin plays we actually put two of their third down plays in it helped us on a run to the uh, to the state finals at broken arrow so nice cross you had an indirect re- indirect relationship with us uh on offense at ba baby did you win that state championship we didn't <clears throat> oh, okay i was gonna say i should i should probably get a ring then or something you... I, I, I wish lost, i had a ring too <laughs> i lost my senior state championship too so uh, you, know, that's, you can have uh, one of our uh, our silver medals that we got. <laughs> I got a silver medal too. I don't know where it's at. So, um, Mario, Mar- you want to plug all the AFCA stuff since you know all that stuff better than I do? Yeah, uh, we are AFCA. Um, it's, it's pretty much on Twitter, Instagram, um, my, all those social media things. We also got an Inside the Headset podcast Twitter account. You can go ahead and type in Inside the Head and then ST. Well, um, it'll pull it up by the time you type that in. Uh, you know, myself, my my personal Twitter account is at, at Coach Mario Price, and I don't got you down, Coach Cross. I think you got mine's, mine's M- Coach Cross seven zero. Yeah, I knew there were some numbers in there. I got you. All right. So the the funny story about the inside the head ST, uh, we found out when we created the Twitter account, you can only have fifteen characters in your name, and inside the headset is 16 and so we were like oh we're just going to tra- create a twitter inside the heads headsets uh good we'll we'll use that one and then we found out that no you need 15 and so then we had like a four-hour debate back here in our round table about how do we do this the right way so we ended up with with inside the head st and uh hopefully people will be able to find that so uh we, we just go to we are afca and you can you can find it pretty easily so it's good stuff but uh well we appreciate you guys being on with us and um Anything we can ever do for, for you guys, um, you know, just let us know. Any, any of your guys' listeners out there, you know, we encourage them to, to get involved with the AFCA. We're, we're trying to, you know, spread the message too and, um, you know, educate guys and uh, do anything we can for, for those coaches out there to help them uh, in their careers. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to, again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy running the power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. 
Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.